Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, The Rock makes his triumphant return to WWE television. In the same week, WWE releases a whole bunch of people. We're going to talk about that. AEW had their Grand Slam event last night. We have a new ROH world champion. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Powerhouse Jobs. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Three Beers, Zach Pullman. What's going on, Three Beers, Zach? I uh, mean, I guess you can call me WWE because I am uh, rocked and ready to release. <laughs> Uh, no JCB tonight. JCB got called away at work. I invited Tinder Mahal to see if he wanted to fill in, see if he wanted to uh, talk about the wrestling this week, but he said he didn't watch any and no Bo Geesman tonight either. So it is two beers, Zach Pullman, and yours truly tonight. Two cishet straight white men uh, <laughs> letting everybody know what their feelings are on a podcast. What a novel concept. So uh, it's a beautiful night here in St. Charles, Missouri. Uh, the dog saw me getting all the podcast equipment out, and she thought Jason was coming over, and she that, that dog loves the fuck out of some JCB, and she is <laughs> very disappointed tonight. But, J- Zach, have you had a good week? What's going on? Uh, yeah, good week. Busy. Uh, it's fall is here in Portland, so it's fucking beautiful. It's like 50 at night, 70 during the day. Windows open 24-7. Um, it's great. Um, but yeah, we're gearing up for some birthdays in my family. It's my daughter's birthday this weekend. My son's birthday the weekend after that. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after that is my wife's birthday. Uh, and then a week after that is our wedding anniversary. This is a very expensive time of year for me. I remember that it's your daughter's birthday. Uh, it's tomorrow? Uh, this weekend. It's yeah, the, your anniversary is this weekend. Though. My anniversary is tomorrow, yes. My anniversary is tomorrow. Unfortunately, I couldn't get off work this month because of some bullshit that's happening in Congress. It does affect my job sometimes. And so uh, we're laying low. We're not doing a whole lot. Um, but, I mean... We celebrate it all the time, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but, uh, without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. So, uh, you know, this afternoon a bunch of stuff happened with the WWE releases. Last night was a very newsworthy AEW event at, with Grand Slam, but... I mean, there's really no other place to start this week except for the return of the great one. I was watching SmackDown on my iPad 
It was propped up on my counter Saturday morning. I did not watch it live, did not hear anything. I was making pancakes with sprinkles for my daughter, which is how she says sprinkles. And I just kind of have it. I have, I have my earbud in, and I'm listening to the iPad, and I hear Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee comes out to open the show. Austin Theory comes out. Pat McAfee gets a very good pop. He is well-liked by the WWE universe, as it were, and uh, Austin Theory comes out and gets a bunch of heat. You know, say what you will about Austin Theory. He is really good in these situations. Um, kind of, we've talked before how he might be getting market corrected by Grayson Waller, but that's another story for another time, as JCB would say. And then Austin Theory says, what are you doing on my show? And Pat McAfee says, this is the people's show. And my ear, I was like, nah. And then the rocks music played, and I kind of the iPad was kind of across the room, and like I said, I had my earbud in, so it, it, it's right there in my head, but I can't really see it. And I kind of walk over, and I'm like, "Is it going to be somebody coming out like cosplaying as the Rock or something? What are they doing? Because surely they would have advertised this, or it would come at a bigger moment, or I would have heard about this. This would have been spoiled for me in the 12 hours since it happened. Nope." It was Dwayne The Rock Johnson comes out uh, on the ramp at SmackDown. Huge pop, just a massive pop. By now, you already know the story. Uh, Pat, the big college football game this weekend was this past weekend was in Boulder, Colorado, Colorado versus Colorado State with Coach Deion Sanders. Pat McAfee's show was there. The Rock was scheduled to be on that show, and there he was in all his glory. Comes out. Uh, does a segment with Austin Theory and Pat McAfee. Austin Theory, for to his credit, did not shrink in the moment. Uh, had a pretty entertaining segment. Didn't back down. Didn't look nervous. Uh, Pat McAfee was, you know, we've said it before, he is way better than he has any right to be. And this was a fun segment. And, you know, The Rock ends up doing the people's elbow on Austin Theory. Pat McAfee gets his people's elbow in also. Zach, where were you when you saw this? What was your reaction, and how did you enjoy the segment? It's funny because it was pretty similar uh, situation uh, because I watch on Hulu uh, the day after all the time. Uh, usually it's Saturday, and I, this is not spoiled for me. Um, I was just like, oh, holy shit. Uh, I was actually – I popped the Pat McAfee like uh, I really enjoy him kind of been on the record to say it. I never would have thought that I would have enjoyed Pat McAfee as much as I do, but he's a genuine fan and he's a, he's a delight. Uh, I also think that he just gets super cheap before he's on camera because the dude looks so all the time. <laughs> like he's just like, imagine, I didn't think he's just living his best life, like just getting stoned and going uh, on WWE television with the biggest stars in the world. To your point, but, he um, did say that he was sampling the local product or – enjoying the local laws or something to that effect uh, while he, while he was, that's why he wasn't going to have a match, you know, indicating that he was stoned. That's, that's great. Uh, that, yeah. That, that tracks. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, huge pop. Um, I did see afterwards. Rock said it was like one of his top five pops he's ever gotten. Uh, and I just think that those people were freaking out. And I think there's just something to the absolute surprise of it. Uh, you know, you usually want to advertise something like that, but they still apparently got huge ratings for, for that segment, uh, whether it was word of mouth or social media or whatever, like people flooded to the channel and um, they got a shitload of people watching that. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It definitely went on long, uh, but, you know, rock soaking in the spotlight. It seemed like they rushed through some of the rest of the stuff uh, on the show. So 
but uh yeah at first i was like oh my god like awesome theory you know what i mean because we just had him with the with cena at wrestlemania it's like this guy's soaking up all the all the legends and austin the year before right yeah yeah and so i'm just like god damn man they're so high on this guy and he's really cooled off uh but he did a good job with it and also i was thinking it does have to be a heel and I was like, well, that's pretty much what you got, right? Like, he is probably the best choice um, for that situation. Like, Yeah, um, it's him or Grayson Waller. And Grayson Waller was already uh, – he was already planned for a segment with Cena later on in the night. Uh, yeah, it kind of bookended. It was, it was insane because, uh, I mean, it bookended the fact that we had Rock at the beginning, Cena at the end. They, they kind of met in the middle for – this one. It was kind of an insane episode of SmackDown. Yes, yes, it was. Um, it was uh, star-studded, and uh, with a with the the Miz and LA Knight. Uh, I know it's not that big of a deal, but Miz and LA Knight. It was the the write-off of that feud, and LA Knight goes over clean in the middle of it. Yeah, like you said, it was a star-studded SmackDown. But I I will say this. So I'm I'm not going to get, you know, you hear a lot of people and I hear podcasts and, you know, guys that purport themselves as journalists and everybody's trying to get into, well, when did they know this was going to happen? Was this planned? Was this not planned? Did it all come together that day? Uh, I know that's really fun to think about, but I think that the biggest takeaway from this is that for all the talk around WrestleMania season, for all the talk about Rock versus Roman Reigns, and for all, I mean, The Rock just showed up on a random ass SmackDown in the middle of September in Boulder or in Denver, Colorado. That is something. That, that shows you that they do still have the ability to surprise, right? Absolutely. It, it really is something because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because the the effect is the same, but that was another thing. It's like, you know, with that, uh, I've been to WWE house shows and I've been to SmackDown tapings. Like they're not like huge events. They're just things that roll through town. And, uh, those people that decided to go and take their kids to a, uh, a random SmackDown taping one that, I mean, maybe I'd probably go now because the, the brand is so hot, but I have skipped numerous television tapings in St. Louis and in Portland, and I, I'd be kicking myself to, to skip something like this. Like, you know, they got a treat. They got a, they got a fun night out. They put some smiles on people's faces. Yeah, really a, a night that nobody in the house will ever forget, I'm sure. But I, I'm with you. I, I skip the TV tapings all the time. I, I've, I passed up lots of Raws. I, packed the, I passed up free tickets to Raw. I mean, I'm not trying to act like, um, you know, I don't get them from WWE or something. I get them from the place where I work or where I used to work, but... I'll pass them up just because it's it's too much downtime when you're there. It's a Monday night. Yeah. There's all sorts of backstage shit. There are commercials all the fucking time. You're watching you're watching uh, video montages, recaps of feuds and stuff on the screen. It's just so much downtime that it it I don't know. Like it excited me in the old days, but now I mean I'd rather stay closer to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd almost rather just go to a house show instead of a TV taping because of the downtime. But yeah, like uh, looking at this uh, card, and granted the matches didn't really deliver, but uh, you did have like 
AJ versus Finn and Oscar versus Bailey. So if they would have like let them like wrestle, wrestle, this like could have been like an all timer of the show. Yeah. So absolutely. And Rock's comments on the Pat McAfee show, I believe, the next day were also noteworthy. Where you know, as you probably know, but if you don't, The Rock went on Pat McAfee's show and said that. The Rock versus Roman Reigns was basically a done deal last year for WrestleMania. They had it. They, they, the Rock decided that he would come back for that WrestleMania, and that when they couldn't come up with the right story, they put the pencil down and stepped away and said, "We'll come back to this at some other time." I don't believe that for a second. How about you? That seemed like a lot of after the fact kind of. Maybe they're hyping up this year, but uh, I feel like uh, it was a done deal. They would have done did it. Um, yes, they would have. They've he, they've come up with stories of much less with big matches with less of a story than they have written in to the Roman Reigns Rock story. The Rock said that you know he wants to do something that the people have never seen before. And they just they just couldn't come up with the right story. Uh, that reeks to me of that that he's working us. Yeah, I mean, either that or he just really wanted to do something like transcendent, and even he couldn't think of what that thing was. And I, I feel like if he wanted to do it, he would have done it. I feel like WWE is never going to turn him down, WrestleMania or whatever. Um, he can do whatever he wants and whatever he has time for and wants to make the effort to do. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll be weird if, uh, you know, obviously this leads to speculation, right? So is it just a one-off thing? Is it something that kind of came together and we're going to pop a rating and, you know, get him back on the show for a night? Or is this leading to something more because of just the same way the scene is on there, right? There's a writer's strike. Rock has more going on. He owns the XFL and shit like that, but. He's still probably less busy than he's been since he was a WWE rookie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, if he wants to do something transcendent, uh, enter the G1 and go out uh, with eight <laughs> points. That would be something. Or, uh, or start a fucking union. There, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so... Do we get The Rock versus Roman at this WrestleMania? Do you think this was them testing the waters or them or The Rock just feeling taking the temperature of the WWE universe? See if like, or do you think he just felt like dropping in? Do you really think that this was nothing? Or do you think that even this, along with the Pat McAfee interview, was all planting the seeds for what will be a huge WrestleMania main event. Uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it was like part of a grand plan. I think it was kind of just more of the same, like stringing this idea along um, and keeping it alive uh, more than anything, rather than just like, Oh, we're going to strategically, I'm going to say certain things on, you know, this interview and we're going to come on this night or anything like that. I, I don't think it's part of a grand plan. I just think it's taking advantage of an opportunity. It was certainly the, it's the first time that he's spoken about last year's WrestleMania, which is newsworthy. It's also uh, the first time that he has been on WWE television live since the very first SmackDown on Fox. 
which uh, yeah. is also strange because today we found out that SmackDown is moving back to the USA Network. Um, did you see that? Oh, that came out? Yeah, that came no, out that uh, USA paid $1.4 billion for the rights to SmackDown. And along with that deal, there's going to be five primetime NBC events that is going to be WWE. That seems noteworthy. Yeah, I mean, I knew that that was coming up and like talks for that. Uh, I mean, NBC Universal, like obviously USA has nothing else. Like that's why they pay so much for Raw. Like USC used to be the number one channel on cable for a long time, and now it's uh, it's nothing except Monday Night Raw. And that's what keeps it up. So no wonder that they brought it. Uh, they brought SmackDown back. That's a lot of money. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. But yeah, cool. for for NBC to outbid Fox for the rights to SmackDown, that's a huge deal. There is talk that Raw will move away from Monday nights. Does Raw, if Raw moves away from Monday night, now, granted, a lot of people don't watch Raw live anymore. Um, especially when you get up to be our age and you have other responsibilities. But do you think that that would be a mistake? I think so. I mean, you can move SmackDown. It's, it's moved so many times. Uh, if anything, like, that would be – I feel like that would be the play. I could, do, I could see them doing something uh, like moving it uh, to, like, Wednesday. That's what I – With AEW. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now we're talking. <laughs> Put put yeah, put it on Wednesday. So uh, yeah. let let's uh, let's move on to the other big part of SmackDown, which was John Cena and Grayson Waller and the Grayson Waller effect. Jimmy Uso comes out and looks like, and AJ Styles comes out and makes the save. So it looks like we might be getting Solo comes out, acts like he's going to hurt Jimmy, and then he hurts John Cena. It seems like we've been down this road before. Are my expectations, and I'm not talking about the WWE universe or wrestling fans in general. Zach, I want you to answer me. Are my expectations too high for the bloodline that I rolled my eyes at this? I don't think so, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, this did not, uh, this didn't do anything for me at all. Uh, and if there is any question... <laughs> I'm about to be a hater, so get ready for it. <laughs> but if there's any question that John Cena is only the biggest star because there was a vacuum left by The Rock and Stone Cold, is it the fact that none of John Cena's returns have ever felt like The Rock's return was Friday night because The Rock is that much bigger of a star? When they met backstage and they kind of stared at each other like they were mad, but then they're not really mad, and then they shake hands, uh, doesn't that kind of – now maybe this is what I'm bringing to it. Doesn't that kind of put Cena in his place? I mean, Cena is a draw in his own right. Like, he does, like, booth tickets. Like, whenever he was announced for those extra shows, like, whenever the, he was, like, out here for 12 weeks or whatever, like – Ticket sales picked up in all those cities and stuff. So he really does move tickets. Um, I'm sure he moves some ratings too. But uh, he, like, it is just, uh, it's, it's a.
it's a different tier of stardom. Um, rock and Stone Cold, and then you know he's just not at that level. He's not. He's still at the top of the other tier, but those guys are just such bigger stars. Part of it is, you know, they were both very short-lived, and then they didn't really come back a lot, um, and they don't come back a lot, so, you know, app makes the heart through a fonder and all that, but, I mean, Stone Cold is still always one of the top merchandise sellers. It's been 25 years, and he's still one of the top merchandise sellers every month. So, uh, yeah, it's a different level. Yeah, it's just a different level. It's not the same thing. Uh, Grayson Waller, again, he's always really good. I'm not really sure what was going on in this segment. It seemed like this segment was a little bit thrown off. I I can think that we can only blame uh, The Rock showing up. Yeah. He uh, definitely threw off everything. Pretty Deadly showed back up here in the back in the backstage segment, and they were fucking hilarious. Uh, he was in a wheelchair, even though his arms broken. Uh, I'm happy to see that they are not giving up on Pretty Deadly, and Pretty Deadly is going to stick around. What do you think about that? Yeah, I was stoked to see that, and yeah, they are very funny. Um, I it's a bummer the that never. Injuries are never uh, – it's always a bad time to get injured, but it was especially bad for that, so it's nice to see them picking, up, picking the ball back up. Uh, when it comes to Raw, Raw was – Raw's in the bit of a holding pattern, I would say. We have Cody and Dom, KO and Sammy and Cody. What do you think about the – I guess you would call it the story progression that – Kevin Owens is basically, once again, the only WWE character that seems to watch WWE television. He is kind of pissed off at Sammy and kind of pissed off at Cody for bringing Jay there. I understand what they're doing, and I appreciate they're putting some effort into it, but guys switch brands all the time. It seems weird that this is a storyline. Where where are you at on that? Yeah, it was pretty funny. I, I love I love KO and I love his uh, his delivery uh, because not only does it seem like he he's always like the smartest guy in the room as far as commonsensical commonsensically and um, he just uh, his delivery about that stuff uh, he, like nobody else can see it right. Like he's the only sane person and it works whether he's a heel or a face. Like he's just really good at, at that. Um, you know, talking about how Jay Uso is one shade of eyeliner away from joining Judgment Day. Woo! And, uh, that was pretty good. That's a great line. But, <laughs> really was. Um, but yeah, you know, one thing I thought was interesting about this, whenever Cody was giving, Cody, I feel like, is very deliberate in what he says and how he says it. And he was talking here about uh, second chances and how he was someone who'd been given numerous second chances. And uh, Jay Uso was one of the best in the world, and he deserved a second chance. And I immediately, I don't know if that's just him being very uh, coy, uh, but that to me kind of screams CM Punk. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Any There was no doubt in my mind that when he said that, that was directed at CM Punk. Cody, 
you know, for all the good that he's done since he left WWE the first time, he is always going to be able to point back at that promo that he cut, basically on the way out right before he had that ladder match with Sammy Guevara, where he was cutting that promo on Sammy Guevara, but he was really cutting it on CM Punk. He's always going to be able to point back at that and say, I was right before any of you guys were. Yeah. Uh, he really was. I mean, like, he did the exact right thing at the time. We're like, oh, my God. You know, he's like almost like one of the founding fathers of AEW, right? He was so on brand, but at the same time, he, you know, his wife worked there and all that, but at the same time, he did come from WWE. He has that, that history. And But him, him moving over to WWE was the best thing for him. It was the best thing for wrestling. It was the best yeah. thing for WWE. It's been uh, a huge success. You know what really sucks is that every time somebody starts off a sentence with It's Ben, that Bare Naked Ladies song gets stuck in my head, like, immediately. <laughs> and, like, I don't like the Bare Naked Ladies, and I've never really listened to that song any more than just, like, when I, when I listen to it and I can't get away from it. Like, if it's on the radio or I'm, uh, I'm at a store or, you know, if I'm at... The Gap or something, you know, because I'm always at The Gap. But it's been <laughs> one week. See, I just can't get away from it. But it's you're right. <laughs> it was. It's been it was. <laughs> uh, did you happen to watch the Kofi Kingston Ivar match? Was that on the Raw? I don't remember it. Yeah, it might not have been on the Hulu version. But the Kofi, Hulu, yeah. Kofi Kingston and Ivar had a singles match that was about 12 minutes long. It's like, oh, these guys really have a lot of chemistry. This is fun to watch. I wish, I wish that there were uh, stakes to this, but uh, you know, if you have some time and you haven't watched it yet, uh, Kofi Kingston versus Ivar, or if you're just tuning in just so you can hear what you missed, I'm telling you, Kofi Kingston versus Ivar, pretty fucking good. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say was Chad Gable lost to Bronson Reed clean in six and a half minutes. I think, I hope that's not the end of Chad Gable's push. But it might be the end of Cab Chad Gable's push. Uh, what do you think? Was this on the Hulu version? That, no, and that screams to me of um, Vince McMahon. Because, I mean, he's just like, what are you doing? You're going to have Shorty G win the Intercontinental title? Like, not, not going to work for not going to work for VKM, brother. Shorty um, G. Well, maybe it's time for Bronson Reed to get a shot, though. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, big guy, you know, that's a Vince guy. Um, it did seem like... Were there rumors Tampa, that Vince was on, was in charge of Raw or something? Not necessarily in charge, but I mean, he's, he's back. I mean, he's got, he's, he's giving notes and a lot of, from what uh, has been reported, like people within, like have said, like some of it is like, improvements to the show and, and things like that uh but he's he's definitely consulting the shows um for sure and moving some stuff around especially more recently because he, he had like a spinal surgery recently so he was out for a number of weeks like i'd say maybe even a couple months uh but he's back from that and then with the tko merger and stuff like he's he is you know the dude in charge um, so. I, I love how there's a billion dollar merger between his company and some other co a multi-billion dollar merger between his company and some other company 
And the one thing that you can tell he did was make Chad Gable job out. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel, yeah, it's just got his fingerprints all over it. But it was interesting to see uh, Champa. he beat, uh, was it Ludwig or was it? Uh, Vinci, Giovanni Vinci. Vinci. Yeah, Giovanni Vinci, he's the, he's the one that's been losing. Um, but it almost seemed like maybe Champa was going to be, because it seems like next week he's going to face Ludwig and then maybe he's going to be a guy to challenge. Uh, I mean, Triple H is obviously high on Champa. He loves him. Well, they were both, yeah. weren't they both, maybe I have this wrong. Hunter was trained by Killer Kowalski, I'm pretty sure, and I, I want to say that Ciampa was too, or maybe, I know Ciampa had Ciampa a, was Harley Race. Yeah, I know he had a relationship with Harley Race too, so I might be getting those two confused. Anyway, it, it makes sense that Triple H likes him, because Ciampa kind of wrestles like Triple H, to be honest. Yeah, smaller versions, but yeah. Yeah, smaller yeah. version, but he wrestles like a big guy. Yeah. Power moves yeah, and he shit. he really does. Um, he really does. And then finally, so I guess the intrigue on this, you know, I, I appreciate them laying out a show. I don't want to poo-poo this or shit on it. But the intrigue throughout the Raw was, you know, was Jay going to join, join Judgment Day, which we all knew wasn't going to happen. But, you know, the way it played out, it was Jay versus McIntyre in the main event. Uh Judgment Day comes out. Jay ends up super kicking all of them. McIntyre could go help Jay if he wanted to. Doesn't join in on the beatdown, but just kind of walks away. I appreciate the nuance there. Uh, Cody comes out to make the big baby face save. Everybody looks good here. It was predictable, but this was a well-done segment. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, totally. Uh, I do appreciate the nuance. Um with Drew, um, I do think that it is time to just like turn him though, because uh, people like Cody, like Cody especially, needs an opponent that is not Judgment Day. Uh, this is like there's been a, there's a variety. They get these holding patterns because they have so much TV time to fill. But it has been KO and Sammy with you know kind of Cody in there as well as like top baby faces on the show, right? For a while, and they're against. Yeah, against Judgment Day, which are the top heels. But it's been like... One week I'd since you looked I, at me. <laughs> I'd say three months. Uh, I would. I don't even think that's an exaggeration, really. It's yeah. been three months since they've been doing this shit. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. Um, but I think we're in agreement that it was well done. So do you think Cody pairs off with McIntyre? And Jay stays with Judgment Day, or do you think it's Jay McIntyre and Cody sticks with Judgment Day? Um, I think Cody feuds with McIntyre. Yeah, I, I would be down with that. Uh, unfortunately, McIntyre can't win that feud, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Okay, that's enough of the WWE main roster until we get to the releases later. Let's get to that two count. The Rock saw John Cena walk up to him in cater catering, and The Rock said, What up, turd? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. I'd pay to see that. Strickland versus well, The, one thing we didn't the talk Rock? About was how, uh, oh, that, man, that would be money. Uh, <laughs> what did we talk about was how goddamn terrible it was that they, that they bleeped out all the asshole stuff. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, my wife was watching my whole, so this is another thing too, before we get into the count, 
my another thing, I was watching that on Saturday during the day. As soon as like the rock music hit, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, they like were like, "A what?" Because I live in a small house, and then my entire family watched um, that segment. Yes, because I, it was the rock. I guarantee. <clears throat> yes, and they don't. None of them like wrestling at all. No, um, and they, but they were like into it, and they. My wife was like. Oh my God! She's like, "Where are they?" And I was like, "They're in like Colorado." She's like, "These people are stupid. They can't say what's like. They can't just repeat the words that he just said." And I'm like, "No!" I'm like, "They bleeped them out." <laughs> and she just said for sure that she's like, "They can't fucking do this. It's a pretty simple thing." Yeah, they said uh, they yeah. said on like on network TV. Every time they don't believe out the asshole, it can be like a six figure fine. So I mean, that's Ooh. a lot of six figure fines. They were probably yeah. like, hey, The Rock, uh, we're not on USA right now. This is Fox proper. Yeah, it's not the Attitude Era, bro. No, don't don't you think that your kids watching this, and I mean this in the most paternal way po- possible because I've been thinking about it a lot lately now that I have a kid, but it's like, don't you think you, you they knew that your reaction, like, oh, shit. They were like, to them, they were like, this is something I should probably watch. Yeah, probably. It's definitely like, yeah, triggered that. Yeah, uh, yeah. They'll, they'll tell it in therapy or, twenty-five years from now or something. Yeah, yeah. Usually, I've been sitting there completely like <laughs> stoic, like stone faced, watching like one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen, <laughs> and I'm just like, it's just not even triggering the dopamine that I need in my life. So, uh, what's the two count? It's like uh, it's like when. I'll watch like a comedy special with her and be like, How was that? And I'm like, Oh, it was fantastic. She's like, You didn't laugh once. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> I know exactly um, what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, two count. Got some AE dub. Uh, all right. So, uh, Rampage Friday, uh, really main thing worth mentioning was the main event, which was Chris Lander versus Jade Cargill in uh, the best Jade Cargill match I've ever seen. Uh, this was a really good TV main event. Uh, it wasn't even just a good Jade Cargill match. It was just a good wrestling match. Fans were into it and really gave Jade a, a send-off here. You could tell like, she was, like, you know, decently emotional. Like, you know, it was, it was the send-off, right? Whether or not we knew she was going to WWE, we definitely got the vibe that she wasn't going to be back. Uh, so, yeah, this was good. I will say it was cool to see the crowd so into that because the crowd was not very much into the rest of the show. I watched this while I was doing work on Monday uh, in front of the computer because I just had the iPad next to me and I had it turned up. And the crowd was whether it was the way the mic, the ring was mic or just like the crowd being quiet uh, like I just heard Christopher Daniels calling spots in his uh, match, his tag team match against the kingdom. Like I'm just there writing an email and like I uh, just kind of like tuned out, and like all of a sudden, I just hear body slam me, and I'm like, "Holy shit, that was loud!" <laughs> like, I wasn't even listening for it, so, um, but yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, this match got our the Jade versus Chris Statler match got spoiled for me. I can't remember how, but yeah, it definitely got spoiled for me. So I gotta admit, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match though. Uh, so it was definitely Jade's best match and, you know, one of her better opponents 
uh, I think so. Oh, I remember who spoiled it for me. It was two beers, Zach Pullman. Zach, 5'8", 250 pounds. Big fan of Monday Night Raw. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking spoiled it for me on last week's podcast. Yeah, it's fine. You're right. I probably wouldn't watch it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is Rampage. Although this week you'll probably want to watch Rampage because of the uh, yeah this week's uh, this week's a little plan. different yeah I won't spoil that one I mean I do I do no spoilers you do know the answers I do no spoilers yeah I don't want to know so. I mean it's not it, I saw the I saw the uh, lineup it's not huge huge but it's pretty good yeah I just I I saw the rundown so that was my B uh, Daniel so yeah, Dan, Danielson uh, Starks yes give me that. Yeah, absolutely. So we had uh, Ricky Starks pinning Brian Danielson uh, in a tag team match. Big Bill and Ricky Starks versus Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, this was a, a fun match. Uh, definitely good curtain jerker. Uh, I really love how Collision opens with like the not just the Elton John song, but like the, the quick little promos, and then the Elton John song, and then like a good match. Um, Collision's a a good show, man. Um, yeah, the it uh, doesn't doesn't miss a beat without CM Punk. It's just it's it's almost better, and I don't mean it's better without him. And, and it's just better because there's more people on the show now. I mean, he's he he was just such a bummer, man. He just sucked a lot of air out of the fucking room. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so we can go back to talking about. It's the like, match. of course, that I kind wasn't... of stuff is fun in wrestling, but he overstayed his welcome. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. But it was funny that they did pin Brian Nielsen. He's going into this pay-per-view match uh, versus Zack Sabre Jr. And this does lead, though, to a Texas death match uh, with Ricky Starks and Brian Nielsen, which is absolutely bonkers because we saw what happened in the strap match. Yes. So that's going to be something. Yeah, I'm a little uh I'm a little scared for those guys in in a good way. I mean, I'm anxious for that match. That is a match that I think they're going to turn it up. I don't know if it it probably won't be as violent as the last match because they probably understand that to do that, they they'd probably go they'd probably want to go farther than they probably should in terms of where they're at in the story. I don't know. It just seems like um it would make sense for them to tone down the violence and just have a different kind of match with their, which they're perfectly capable of doing, but having like maybe like a real technical type of match, you know, maybe, uh, you know, who knows what they can do? Who knows what uh, they have in store for us? That's what's so much fun about Brian Danielson matches is that there ain't bad ones. I had a, are not. I had a Facebook memory not that long ago from 2009. I think it was 2009. It was either 2009 or 2011. But my Facebook status was at like 4.30 in the morning. And it said, hey, WWE heads, Brian, Daniel Bryan matches are the best. <laughs> like, it was like one of my, I mean, that's fucking 14 years ago. 11 years yeah. ago, 12 years ago. Where it's like, that's how much, that's how obvious it was to me back before I had a podcast Back before I probably listened to any like blogs or anything like that or read any blogs, I was just a dumbass guy that was just getting back into wrestling. I was like, God damn, this guy fucking rules. 
yeah, and at that point, he'd been doing it for a long time already. Yeah, and it was the I'm first I ever heard of him. Because I wasn't watching it. Like, I'm not saying that as a hipster. Like, I, I didn't start watching wrestling again until I started doing the podcast. Right, but, but he was, uh, you know, he was an old pro that everybody wanted there. And they everybody was mad because they treated him like shit and put him in NXT back when NXT was not what it is now. It was like a reality show, and people people thought they were being very disrespectful to him. Yeah, I do really like – I've always liked Ricky Starks, but I think he's really coming into his own now, and I do like the pairing of him and Big Bill. Uh, I get very big Diesel, Shawn Michaels vibes from those guys in a good way. From Ricky Starks and Big Bill? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Back into it. Kevin Nash was just Shawn Michael Peter, and before he was even, like, yeah. you know, the WWF champion that he became and all that. But yeah. Yeah, I'm into, cool. it. I'm into it. Uh, so uh, we had just video packages from Powerhouse, Hobbs, and Zero. Um, I feel like these guys need to be doing some stuff on the TV that's not video packages then like like the second week in a row. Right. How much it's not like they're short on TV time either. And it's five hours a week now. Yes. Put Miro on. What the fuck? Yeah. Hobbs too. So um FTR beat the Iron Savage. But Miro more, right? But Miro more. Yeah, for, for right now. Yeah. I mean, he's a bigger star and all that. Uh, <laughs> Jack Jameson came out. It was a pretty funny promo. I don't remember what he said, but I just really like that. But they're mostly, they're just guys. NFPR beat them. And then, like, a couple more guys just come out. Which is like, uh, this is like, oh, it's Drake and Henry. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember these guys. I remember, Dude. like, J.D. Drake. So if you would have... If you would have pulled the crowd, so let's say there was, let's just say there were 4,000 people there. If you would have pulled the crowd on the way in, what percentage do you think would be able to name one of those guys, first name and last name, or just their wrestling name? Uh, like, I don't know if anybody would know the work horseman. I think that's a one percenter situation. I think some people might know JD Drake. I I don't yeah, but I guess what I, I guess what I'm saying is, isn't the open challenge gimmick a little overdone? Right now they're doing it uh, for all titles it seems, and it's like all promotions too. I mean, they're doing it on WWE. They're but AEW's really leaning into it. It's like it worked for uh, Orange. And now they're doing it with the tag titles. They're doing it with a lot of titles. It, is it worked for it worked for Orange. It worked for John Cena back when he had the U.S. title, and he had the Open Challenge. And like that's how that was Sami Zayn's first main roster match was versus John Cena in for an Open Challenge for the U.S. title, and it was a fucking banger. And it really worked because it was like okay, so Cena's not. He doesn't have the big belt. They're going to give him the U.S. belt, and he's just going to take on everybody. It was really cool when he did it, actually. I'll give I'll give him credit where it's due. Yeah, I mean, it works. It almost just seems, and I mean, Chris Statlander's doing it, too. It just seems like right now, um, it's like, oh, we have a lot of belts. 
uh, I don't have the time to write stories about all these and have feuds with all these, so we're just going to open challenge everything. It does give a variety of matches, and I mean, I'm cool with that, but it is a lot right now. I'm with you. All right, what else there you got? There was a very, a very weird segment. The only reason I'm going to mention it is because it was like, they said take 22, uh, and then like it was a pre-taped segment, but they cut it before the the clickety clack, whatever you call it, the the thing that denotes action or whatever. It said the clickety clack. Yeah, uh, and it was Keith Lee being interrupted by Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty, and I'm like, is this like an inside joke? Or did they really do this 22 times? Because it wasn't like it was particularly good then. Um, no, it was not good. There's no way they did it 22 times. There's no way any... I mean, that would be like David Fincher. Like, 22 takes? I mean, yeah, after yeah. after three, they're probably just like, fuck it, let's just put it on TV. Or don't. Just, just, air, another, just air another Miro thing. You remember that iconic moment when the Shockmaster debuted and like tore through the wall and his buggy fell down, his helmet fell off, and all that? No, uh, no. Yeah, so that was like early '90s WCW. It was John Penta as the Shockmaster, and he's wearing a, a Stormtrooper helmet painted bright silver, spray painted, and he tears through some drywall, but he trips and falls on his way out, and then the helmet flies off, and like all the people on the set just start corpsing and laughing at him, and it was just like a fat ass. But it was a pre-tape, and they just aired it. Like, <laughs> uh, you should Google it. Uh, Shockmaster yeah. debut. It's fucking great. Anyway. I'm gonna, that's that's number one on my list when we're done here. Yeah. Um, there was a, I don't want to talk too much about like the match or anything, but it, it is weird. Like uh, They had John Silver uh, and Anthony Bowens, and like the whole story of this match was that they signed a contract uh, and he's like, oh, you're, you thought you were going to be facing Evil Uno, but you're going to be facing me. And, like, I don't know, it was basically John Silver just saying that Uno's a piece of shit, uh, but he's harder to beat. I didn't understand this. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. I find it, I find John Silver, I don't know. Uh, I find him to be the easiest guy to make fun of and also the easiest guy to like. He is uh, the, a really great baby face because he can do that plucky underdog because he's like a smaller stature guy, but he's got like the muscles. Dude, he's the, the, he's the smallest stature guy. Yeah, he's a, a really great baby face act. He's, it's a terrible heel act. The he's, Dark Order is just not a good heel act. That, that, okay, let's, let's just say it right here. The Dark Order's never been good. They never will be good. I don't know why John Silver is in the Dark Order. What is the Dark Order? What is Evil Uno? What is their what's their mission? There's nothing. Yeah, they're pretty much just out there. Fuck the Dark Order. I'm saying it right here. Hangman's moved on, and so is everyone else. I mean, even the Hangman stuff never made any sense, right? Uh, I mean, Jason would be like- going nuts right now. <laughs> That's some kayfabe stuff. Uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, Brody Lee was obviously the pinnacle, um, but that's probably the main reason they're still around. It's just maybe in his memory. I don't know. Uh, 
Eddie Kingston then cut like promo of a lifetime, which is saying something for Eddie Kingston. I love this. It was a pre-taped promo in like an outside, like on the street, and he just it was probably like three minutes long, and he just talked and. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't want you guys to, to edit this. He's like, you stupid motherfuckers. And just like dropping F-bombs and basically just saying, you know, how he's trying to fix the issues between him and Mox. He's like, Renee said, fix it. And I'm trying to fix it. He's like, I'm not answering my phone and like all this like stuff. And he's like, that's my, like, that's my demons, right? He's like, that's my sickness. He's like, I, he's like, I, I push people away. He's like, and then I blame them. And he's like, that's my problem. And he's just like going into like all of this, like, shit that he deals with uh but at the same time like really ragging on claudio uh i love this i thought it was great so you take a guy like me very old been watching wrestling for a long time kind of there are things about eddie kingston that bother the shit out of me and i kind of i make fun of him i tease him a little bit on on this podcast but it takes a guy as cynical as i am and I'm still watching this promo, and I'm like, fuck him. And then I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, ah, this is really compelling shit. Like, this is actually different. I think there's a case for him. And this is going to be my Stephen A. Smith hot take of the week. I think there's a case for him as wrestler of the year. We're in uh, late Dece- late September. So we're three-fourths of the way through the year. He fought in the G1. He's had multiple compelling storylines. He won the New Japan Never Open Weight, and now he is a Ring of Honor champion at whatever age he is. I'm not saying he is. like 42, 43. I'm not saying he is wrestler of the year. I'm saying, you know, he's in the, you could make a case. Sure. In the conversation. Yeah, he's in the conversation. He is one of the most compelling guys out there, and he is being booked certainly stronger than he's ever been booked. I mean, he holds two belts right now. One of them is the ROH heavyweight belt. Yeah. Um, yeah, which we'll get to uh, here with the Grand Slam spoiler alert. But uh, backstage, we had Hook and Orange Cassidy agree, excuse me, agreeing to a uh, tag team match very nonchalantly in both of their ways. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. That's, that's kind of a compelling tag team. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I am... I love I love Orange Cassidy, and I like watching Hook fight. It makes sense. They're both pretty laid-back dudes, and, you know, they could have given Orange Cassidy some time off, and I guess he's not really wrestling, but, man, he's right back into the thick of things, right? Yeah. He would way he, better than John, He would have been justified. He would, sorry. He would have been justified going away for four or six weeks. Oh yeah, totally. But, uh, he, I mean, they think so highly of him and they, you know, he's such an important part of their, their business. That he, yeah. He's chilling. Uh, yeah, this is, I think it's a big step up for hook. He's with one of the top stars in the company now. Um, getting some shine way better than than the jungle hook thing so also jungle boys uh on the side of the milk carton right now as jason would say so but who knows when that dude's coming back you know sometimes i forget that he's even out there that is fun to think about we still haven't seen what he's got to do all right what's next 
Uh, off the open, beat some jobbers, but the main thing is that we are now going to get off the open versus FTR. Uh, it looks like that's going to be at Wrestle Dream. And man, uh, if you guys have not seen uh, their match at Royal Quest, uh, legitimately one of the greatest tag team matches I've ever He's seen in my up. life. It was better than the than the FTR Young Bucks from Wembley. It was that good. Yeah, FTR has so many great matches. They run together at certain times. There's so many of them. Yeah, they were they were phenomenal. Uh, and uh, I this is I I, w- I do wish JCB was here to uh, talk about uh, this one. Uh, you know, we had a Tony Storm sit down. We'll talk about her more here in a minute. Um, Scorpio Sky is back. He had back to back injuries. Uh, he has a promo package where he's talking about being a three-time champion in AEW, and then he faces Andrade and immediately loses. So uh, that was uh, definitely something else. Um, you know, and, and Scorpio's guy is not a, a spring chicken. He's an older dude. Uh, he just uh, moves young and, and looks young. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was very surprised that they had this match and that he lost, like, one of the first nights back. Maybe they're doing something with it. I don't know. But, uh, I was never yeah. the I was never the biggest Scorpio Sky fan. Even I thought this he was done a little dirty. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was pretty surprising. But uh, <laughs> Bullet Club Gold came out after that, and this was great. He's like, you know, Jay White's like, you got rock hard Juice Hot Robinson. He's like, you got uh, cock strong Colton Dunn. He's like, and then what was he? He even had like his his stand up uh, so you had like a, a name for that uh, and then he's like and then Austin Gunn I love that that was so good pretty fun uh, yeah so it looks like uh, Andrade versus uh, Jay White which sounds great <clears throat> you put it in my veins I mean it's one of those yeah. matches that if you would have proposed it two years ago you'd be like wow that sounds like something I'd really like to watch yeah, I'd pay money for that. Yes. So, uh, the Righteous, Dutch and Vincent, beat the Hardys, and when they did that, I heard the crowd gasp. Like, nobody was expecting this to happen. That was uh, pretty cool. They cut a promo after that, and uh, basically they're going to be fighting MJF and Adam Cole, which is, I mean, fine and all, but the fact that, and it might not be with Adam Cole's injury. We'll see. Uh, but uh, this was supposed to be set for, like, the Seattle pay-per-view. Um, that seems crazy to me. What does it – I never expected the Hardys to win this match. Oh, really? I I, I assumed. I guess just because the Righteous is on ROH, but they're not, like, AEW people. But Collision so – the they, they've, kind of they've had Collision vignettes for a couple weeks now, though. It's like they yeah, it's, it's like be- it's like they were setting them up for a big AEW debut. I, that's that's the way it seemed to me. Yeah, well, yeah, the crowd was very surprised. So. Um, not this crowd. <laughs> not this crowd at once. Um, what else do we have? Uh, that's uh, oh, the oh. the the main event, which was uh, Chris Statlander beating Britt Baker. This is Britt Baker's like home hometown, home area, you know. Penn State, Baker, they won Baker to win this, even though 
the night before they were really behind Statlander. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this had an overrun, very hot match, good match. Uh, they worked, you know, really really well together. But uh, what do you think? What do you think they're doing with Britt Baker? Uh, she seems to just be losing all of the time. What's what's the plan for her? I think that because there's other people in the women's division who have a little bit more juice behind them right now, she's just kind of treading water. That's what I think. Yeah, that makes sense. It just seems like she's a bigger star that she shouldn't just be losing all the time. Like, she's never beat mid-carters or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, she's losing a whole bunch. I think that Tony Storm is really compelling right now in the character that she has. She's way more compelling than the rest of that division. Losing Jade Cargill, oh. not using Jade Cargill, and then losing Jade Cargill hurts even more than I thought it would to begin with. Because now I'm just thinking about everything that WWE is going to do with her. And it's like, God damn, you guys, you guys really had something there. Yeah, they're working on creative for it, so... We'll see. Yep. Uh, all right. So we went to the big show, actually. So uh, Grand Slam, we talked a little bit about this, but Grand Slam, we had opened with Eddie Kingston winning the Ring of Honor world title in his hometown from Claudio Casagnoli in a fucking excellent match. Um, I don't know if this was as good as the their match at WrestleMania weekend, uh, but it was damn good. Love this match. I know that we already just did the, uh, or I just did the Eddie Kingston thing, but uh, Eddie Kingston wins a big one. And it, in a banger of a match, I hope that he feels like everything is even with Claudio now. Like, kayfabe or shoot. Like, hey, Eddie, are we cool with it now? You going to be okay, buddy? You still going to hold this grudge? Yes, you can. <laughs> Anyway. I, I wonder if he was. I wonder if he was uh, kayfabe, or I wonder if he was even shoot mad. I feel like uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell with Eddie Kingston. I read an interview with him and Phil Schneider where he. It seemed like he was really mad. Really great interview. There's a really great article about Eddie Kingston by Phil Schneider on the Ringer. Came out probably two years ago, uh, where it's said Eddie Kingston, wrestling's king of vendetta. And it's a it's something like that, I think. It's a really cool article if you ever get a chance to read it, though. But uh, so I, I I went on and on about Eddie Kingston. I mean, where what's 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 Zach's temperature with Eddie Kingston right now? I mean, I think it's great. I, I think this is the perfect thing. This is this is what I would have done too. Claudio had had the belt for long enough. Eddie was the perfect guy to take it from him. There was story there. Um, him winning a big world championship uh, in New York in front of that many people. Perfect. Yes, very fucking awesome. Uh, oh, we just had Bo sit I down. I just realized, by the way, yeah. by the way, uh, say hello to Bo. I thought I was echoing, and I was like, hey, I didn't actually say that. <laughs> Bo, what'd you think? That match was awesome. Those guys absolutely went at it. It was they, so much fun to watch. They beat the shit out of each other. I don't know if it's as good as the WrestleMania weekend match, but it was a banger. The fact that Kingston was thanking the crowd at the end and they were doing it off camera, like off microphone, that was great. Kingston's having the year of his life. Maybe wrestler of the year. I don't know. I don't want to blow Jason's mind when he comes back here. Dude, I hope was, he doesn't listen. Hey, it was it was 50 Cent McDoubles at uh, McDonald's the other day, so I'm, Kingston is living. 
<laughs> Dude, I went there. I went there and got one, and uh, my drive-through code wouldn't work. And the fucking drive-through gal accused me of trying to use a screenshot, like uh, somebody else's code. And I was like, "Look, I was like, I am not that low that I am gonna lie to save a dollar fifty on an already two-dollar cheeseburger." I was like, "I, I was like, your code's not working." Uh, I was like, this is the code it gave me. And then she's like, well, refresh your app. And so I refreshed the app. I was like, well, now it's like I can wait 15 minutes. And she's like, yeah, you can't use the code twice in a row. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what are you doing to me? So anyway, and she's like, just pull to the second window. So I pulled the second window, and I tell <laughs> the person what's going on. And uh, <laughs> and he goes back to like talk to this woman, and then I hear another gal chime in and she's like this is why nobody on your team respects you rich and i just i started a fight inside the mcdonald's just trying to get my legitimate 50 cent double cheeseburger hey, uh cool thing I, is Zach, i got two and i didn't have to pay for them hey that and that's totally my fault because i screenshotted that shit and used it three times that day <laughs> <laughs> i wish you were, oh, i wish you had been wearing your bfr shirt Oh, yeah. With no sleeves. Uh, uh, what's next? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Total tangent. But I thought it was funny that I started a fight. We love um, tangents here. It's our show. Great, Nobody's uh, listening. <laughs> this is a great little uh, little like segment with uh, Roderick Strong in the hospital bed. And uh, he's just screaming uh, for Adam Cole. Uh, who has arrived late, and uh, the kingdom is there, and they have to leave. And, of course, Cole says he has to leave because MJF needs him. So we're we're feeding into this. Uh, you know, we're still slow rolling this uh, the storyline, but I thought this was very entertaining. Roderick Strong is also having the year of his life. Uh, now, then we have another backstage segment. Renee Paquette is with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. And Christian Cage... Uh, challenges Darby Allen to a three-way, and he says, "He says once once we beat you in a handicap match, I'm sorry, a three uh, a three-way title match." Um, so I was like, "That would be so stupid for Darby to accept this, but he probably will, babyface." But uh, I think the end game here, since it is a three-way, I think uh, Christian Cage is 100% going to pin Luchasaurus for this title or or Darby Allen like and win the title and actually win the title. I mean, Christian Cage pinning Luchasaurus is what I'm rooting for. I want to see yeah. just like listen, the finger poke of doom, everybody can talk about how much they hate it. It's legendary though, right? Like Luchasaurus, both of them beating the shit out of Darby Allen and having Luchasaurus lay down for Christian Cage and have it be like a minute and a half. Man, that's got that's got juice, right? He, he, that that I mean, that's got juice. Give me the pencil. I was thinking, I was thinking that Darby would legitimately, like, you know, knock out one of like knock out Luchasaurus, you know, hit him with a coffin drop or something, and then Christian just throws Darby out of the ring and pins Luchasaurus real quick. You know, oh uh, like that. yeah, that's good too. Oh, I was talking more like Luchasaurus lays down for him. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't like that as much. But he's a dinosaur. He is a dinosaur. They don't <laughs> lay down. So I've heard. 
very susceptible, <laughs> <laughs> very susceptible to top rope moves because I guess they're like asteroids. I don't know where I'm going with short, that. Short arms. Uh, anyway, Christian Cage, Christian Cage, once again, doing work. Crush. Doing work. Doing Working work. everyone. Yep, he's great. Yeah, uh, it's like I, lo- I, I love the fact that that we, I mean, you guys have this podcast, <laughs> and we get to talk about wrestling every week, and you guys, like, we are so, I mean, you guys are so established. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, this is a great show for wrestling, though. Uh, Jericho and Sandra Guevara, uh, this is a really solid match. There's a couple... Uh, like moments where there was like a couple missed spots, but other than that, it was a great match with a fucking excellent finish, man. Uh, that 450 splash into a code breaker that was absolute money. Uh, yeah, that. The finish was the best part of the match. I'm surprised that Jericho went over, but I guess really in the end, Guevara goes over because the story progresses with him. He joins Don, the Don, the Callis family. That's fine. Tim McVera, I don't think that he can be a babyface right now. Some Someday he might be able to, but I think he's just too fucking hateable. Yeah, this was, I did not see it coming, and it really uh, it surprised me, and I liked it. Yeah, surprised me also, and I also liked it. Bo, where you at? I just want to punch his face. Like Guevara's? Yeah, I wish you could do something about that, just. Do you think if he had a different haircut, you'd want to punch his face less? No, because I'd still want to grab him by his hair and punch his face. So, now that's <laughs> starting to get a little homoerotic. Hey, grab him by the hair. Horny Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm looking to see because right now the Cows family is just Takesha and Sammy Guevara, two guys that I've never thought about in the same sentence before. So pretty weird. So that I. They need to get somebody else new. Um, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, I think maybe that person is uh, Dana Garcia. Like staying from the back. Um, having, uh, you know, obviously, John Callis is into Dana Garcia. If you can give them something, that would be a pretty formidable stable of young dudes. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. What's uh, next? Then we had uh, uh, beat John Moxley to win the AEW title. Uh, this was definitely not the planned finish, uh, but uh, it was pretty obvious that Moxley was, was fucked up from uh, nearly the jump. Uh, it looked like Phoenix landed on his head, and then his head landed to the uh, outside, and uh, he was obviously like loopy from that point on. And he just kind of did the, the Mercedes Monet thing that we saw recently, which was just called an audible and said, uh, I'm losing this title. And similarly, the referee did not want to do that. Uh, I, I thought this was, like, wild to see. Uh, I mean, the match, it was amazing what they pulled off even after the concussion, even though they should have stopped the match, like, after he was loopy. Like, it was obvious to everybody that he was not you know, doing so hot. So, like, the doctor that gets paid whatever he gets paid to there at ringside, like, Doc Samson, he should have just been like, no, we're calling this off. Um, but he got, he did the, the pile driver. The referee counted one, two, and then just stopped. Everybody booed, and I saw John Moxley laying on his back, and he just looked up at the referee, and he goes, 
fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, you can do the drop, but, like, if you watch it, like, he just straight up looked at that referee, and he was like, fuck you. Uh, and then he did the pile driver again, so, yeah. Wow. Uh, I do want to go back and see that now. It, you know, really unfortunate that happened. I, I I guess I wasn't watching the match close enough. When I was watching it, it was not clear to me that John Moxley was loopy. I I see people replaying the first pile driver and being like, "Oh, you know, that's a pretty gnarly." Like he lands on his head. It had you, nothing. To, it had nothing to do with the pile driver. That's so, exactly I, right. Yes, like nothing that they've said has said it had anything to do with the pile driver. Now I guess they could be lying about it for one reason or another. But he did walk out I mean, under. He did walk out under under his own power. Yeah. It's really weird to It's really weird to see a guy really not cock, It's really weird to see a guy not kick out and the referee not yeah. count to 3. It just happens it just never happens. It's so weird. Well, they're supposed to count yeah. to 3 every time too, right? They're, they're supposed to get, it's, it's it's not the ref's responsibility. They to, have to save the match. They always say that in the WWE, like Vince would tell the refs, like, "Hey, basically, you have to be shoot refs. Like, if you count to five when the guy's getting punched in the corner, you give him the five count. If they don't stop after the five count, you're supposed to disqualify him." Vince is like, "You call it like a shoot. Like, you put you count to three. He's like, Cause because it was, it was obvious. I was texting JCB about it, and I go, "Whoa, whoa." They just fucked that up. Well, it's like that was, that was a protected pile driver. It's like there's and then, a, they, then they did another one. There's that Vonnegut saying that there's no fair tennis without nets, where it's like in order for art to be good, like you need to give yourself like parameters, and that's kind of what you know. Yeah, shoot ref. Sorry, that was a really yeah, they, that was a really very stone thought, but man, it really made sense when I said it. They they should have. Right, that's how it should be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, you were uh, actually watching the match. Yeah. Whenever he jumped from the from the ramp, uh, I mean, like Moxley is usually super crisp, and dude, he was walking around like I mean, he was like drunk for like it was probably like a minute and a half, and it it was like not good. Like he threw a kick and just like completely missed him, and uh, I was like, man, I was like, this guy's fucked up. But then like Phoenix just did like a lucha spot, like he grabbed his arm and he ran up the rope. Then he did like an arm drag and then like Moxley rolled the arm drag and then he like kind of stood up and like no sold it. And I was like, see no selling this because he's like still, uh, you know, kind of jacked up. But from that moment on, they just had a match. And so if you weren't watching for those 90 seconds, like you wouldn't notice anything because the rest of the match was, was absolutely solid. Uh, but I mean, the benefit, the benefactor of this is Ray Fenix because he beat John Moxley for a major title. And man, we always talk about how underrated Ray Fenix is. This is good for him. He'll be able to go do open challenges and have awesome matches with a variety of opponents and win uh, because they probably won't want to take the title off of him until Moxley's healthy again. So. Well, they they said Moxley's not supposed to miss any time. I think Moxley takes well, it back like a week from now. I mean, Renee was wearing. And all Jean outfit the other night, so we'll see what happens. She is Canadian, though, right? The that Canadian tuxedo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that makes sense. I mean, KO. Or is, if she calls K, it a tuxedo. K, KO is a no shade on Renee. Hey, Renee, come find me. <laughs> you wish. I'm <laughs> Uh What you got next? 
Uh, what did we have next? Uh, we had uh, Soraya beat Tony Storm. Tony Storm is super over. Her new entrance is great, like the black and white. Uh, the crowd desperately wanted her to beat Soraya for this title and become a three-time, I think it's three-time uh, AEW Women's Champion. Uh, but that did not happen. So, uh, yeah, there was some fuckery from, uh, you know, Ruby, Ruby Soho and... Um, yeah, we ended up uh, not getting a, another title change on this show, but uh, it was a fine match. Uh, mostly, it was one of the hotter matches on the show. The crowd was really behind her. She's super over. Yeah, there was one spot that was that I I, I had to laugh at because Tony Storm was doing that Rikishi bomb thing. I forget what you call it, and uh, Soraya moves out of the way 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 early and like Tony Storm's like looking back and just running just right into the exposed turnbuckles like oh <laughs> god <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I do I love Tony Storm's character she is she is definitely over and I was kind of thinking that she might win after that big kiss that she laid on Soraya so yeah this match was alright uh, and then we had uh, MJF uh, beat Samoa Joe uh, Chef's entrance was great. Uh, there was a little pre-tape beforehand of some kid, you know, almost like one of those um, <laughs> old sports videos of like a kid in the dugout or whatever, or like kind of there by the by the field, and he just sees the, the champ out in the distance, and MJF walks back and gives him a scarf and then whispers in his ear. The the coke commercial the, the throws him his jersey. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Only. He tells the kid he's adopted. Um, pretty good stuff. <laughs> he had great, uh, great ring gear. You know, match inspired. Um, but this was, this was the best match on the show by a long shot. And we had some really good wrestling on this show. Uh, these guys had an excellent match, and it was mostly Samoa dominating uh, MJF and MJF just fucking taking everything like Uranagi's through tables. Uh, pile drivers on exposed concrete, uh, just taking everything. Uh, but um, Adam Cole comes out, man. This is another time. Uh, I mean, JCB was so mad at Punk about jumping in the crowd and breaking his. I foot. thought the like, exact same thing, man. I thought the exact same he, thing. But he, he did. He just jumped off the stage, um, which for a pro athlete is like nothing, right? It's Should always be. just the stupidest little things. And yeah, it, this is like where pro athletes often get hurt. It's just like the most innocuous things. It's not the pile driver to expose concrete. It's the, oh, I, I stepped wrong on, you know, one little hop. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. But MJF did the thing. He choked Joe out. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was some fuckery involved, but uh, in, a, in a positive scumbag way but he did what he said he was going to do and then uh, Joe shook his hand afterwards and uh, yeah uh, we'll see how the Adam Cole injury plays out because they need to defend these ROH titles uh, but you know hopefully he's okay love the match uh, I once again I appreciate that MJF hasn't changed his character all that much he has just fine-tuned a few things, and now he's the most over babyface from being the most over heel. It really shows how talented he is because he's still doing heel shit, like choking Joe out with uh, what was it? 
Oh, yeah. It was his chain. And he... Wait. Is that what it was? What did he choke uh, Samoa Joe out with? I don't know. It was a, it was a chain, wasn't it? Like a necklace? Oh, and so he chokes him out. Anyway, he uses an object and has to drop the object off, and Adam Cole grabs the object, and he's got the crowd going fucking apeshit for him. That is some real, uh, that's talented fucking babyface work, man. He is still the same character, and that's really something. Yeah, and it's a cheat to win as a babyface. So good. Yeah, and then to have the other heel shake your hand, it's like, that should be some heel shit. But people respect the shit out of Joe. I don't know. Very, very well done. Bo's confirming it. Choked him out with a chain. Very well done. Um, I, I think I'm ready for somebody to beat MJF. Yeah? I think I am. I think I think it's... I think the... I think it, Listen, I love MJF. It, it's enough. The thing that cracks me up the most about this whole Cole MJF thing, it's a, it's kind of like when Bill hears that um, I'm texting JCB about wrestling, and he gets yeah, like all like upset about it. Well, you like, guys don't include like, me on the text he's messages. Like, doesn't include me. This bullshit. This no, bullshit. now we got group text, so it's like that shit doesn't happen anymore. Calm, I assume. Calm down, Roderick Beggy. Like we're gonna make it. Oh, <laughs> who are you? Who's Jason? I'm definitely Adam Cole because I'm the best-looking guy in the bunch. Oh, yeah, that's right. You do kind of look like Adam Cole. So handsome. Bay-bay. Just so handsome. Bo-bo, bo-bo. Who, would, bo, who bo. would you have beat MJF? Would you have Adam Cole beat him? Or who would you have beat him? I mean, Samoa Joe is a pretty fucking good candidate. I would love to see Swerve Strickland beat him. Ooh, that'd be hot. I mean, I, th- I think that yeah. we're I think that we're a ways away from Swerve Strickland being in the title picture. I hope not. I hope it's sooner rather than later. But I would love to see Swerve versus MJF. That sounds like fucking money to me, dude. <laughs> fire, absolute yep. fire. But yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, I'm fine that MJF went over. And I said it last week. I was like, it's weird that he called that he's going to choke him out. That's a weird call because how's he going to choke him out? It's like, oh, he choked him out by using a fucking chain. No. That's it. Uh, Makes well, sense. That was Grand Slam. We cool got another that. Grand Slam Friday. Yeah, we got another Grand Slam Friday. What are the big matches on that one? Bryanson or Danielson versus uh, Ricky Starks is the main event. And then we've got uh, Trio's title match. Uh, ROH Trio's title match, uh, the Hung Bucks versus, um, oh, the Mogul Industry, or, yeah. Yeah, that's... So that be a good match. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. We really haven't even talked then, about Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. That is going to be next week. Uh, Wrestle Dream predictions are next week, but we haven't even talked about Danielson Zack Sabre Jr. Too much going on. So much going on. That is a dream match, bro. Uh, uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Uh, so uh, that's going to do it for our two count. Let's get into that three count. One, two, three. This is always a tough day in the world of professional wrestling. It's WWE Cut Day where they just... 
start culling the herd. And sometimes they, some guys get caught up in the thresher and you're like, holy shit. So WWE cut about, ooh, I don't know, 16, something like that people. So I'm just going to read these in the order that they're listed. There's a couple of people I've, I've never heard of you. Lisa Leon, uh, Shanky got cut. Dabakato, Bryson Montana. Never heard of that guy. Dana Brooke. That's sad. She really gave it her all, all the time. <laughs> she really did. Uh, the maximum male miles, both of them, Mansoire, Mansour and Masse Mace, uh, both got cut. Quincy Elliott, Dolph Ziggler gets cut. Shelton Benjamin, Elias and Ezekiel, Rick Boogs, uh, Riddick Moss, Top Dollar, <laughs> that poor bastard, just destined to be a meme for the rest of his life. Hope you do okay, Top Dollar. Aliyah, Mustafa Ali, and Emma. Zach, what stands out? I mean, Dolph seems to be the big standout, but at the same time, he was, out of all of those people, easily the one who was getting paid the most uh, to do the least. So, um, I think that's one thing that you're looking at, like, uh, folks that you're not doing anything with, um, you know, they're, they're really, they're, there's a lot of talent on that list, but there wasn't uh, a lot of stuff where, oh, I think they had a bright future in WWE. Um, so, I mean, Dolph will probably be back uh, at some point um, if he wants to be. Uh, you know, he'll probably be back uh, for Hall of Fame eventually. I, I mean, everybody gets in, and he was definitely, you know, I think, you know, the Godfather's in, he's in. So, I don't know, maybe that's mean to the Godfather. <laughs> who, who on the list do you think will, um, like, actually have another entrance into wrestling? You think somebody is going to go to ADW, or you think somebody's going to come back, or what do you think? Um, ADW doesn't really need more talent. Uh, I could see them picking up, like, uh, Maybe like in Emma, she's been around for a while. Like especially maybe like on the ROH side, I could see them signing signing her. Um, I tell you, a lot of the people like you know Mustafa Ali, who's fantastic. I think even if he got signed, he'd still be doing Mustafa Ali stuff in AW. Uh, they just have so many guys that are really good wrestlers. Uh, I think he has potential, but I don't know that he would stand out. I don't think any of them are game changers. I don't really expect him to see any of them in AEW. I think a lot of them will continue to wrestle if they want to continue that, but it's not like it was a couple of years ago whenever these releases happened. I think Dolph Ziggler, a.k.a. Nick Nemeth, uh, I think he's probably already flying there right now. I think that, yeah, my boy, Dolph Ziggler, I think that he, his brother is there. And they could be a pretty fun tag team. He could still make money, still do his comedy thing that he does on the side. There is not the touring schedule that they have in WWE with AEW. So I think that Dolph Ziggler, I think we're going to see him there sooner rather than later. And, you know, if he's there, then we can finally fulfill my dream of having Dolph Ziggler in the G1. <laughs> I think Dolph Ziggler versus Yano sounds like a fucking banger. Oh, man. That's a, that's a dream match that I didn't realize I needed. It sounds pretty good, right? You're not even being funny, are you? I'm not. No. Like, um, 
Yano's matches with Kenny Omega were like phenomenal, and I just I just feel like uh, Ziggler has better comedy chops than than Omega in the ring and, and out. So that would be very fun. He's like made for that type of match, though. It could be really good. JCB is texting me, and he said, "Fuck." You. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. I'd love to see Dolph Ziggler versus Gabriel Kidd. <laughs> Fuck. Put him in the G1. Put him in the G1. I am just uh, pleasantly surprised. And there could be more cuts. You know, a lot of times that, that happens where there are. Uh, I'm just glad to see Champa and Gargano weren't cut because they're not doing hardly shit with those guys. And. Mustafa Ali is yeah. one of those guys that's like he's in a current storyline, and they were yeah. like, "Fuck your storyline, you gone, dude." Uh, I could see him in AEW too. I could see Mansoor and Mace Mace. I can see them in NWA or something. I feel bad for Dana Brooke. She always tried really fucking hard. She was always fun at house shows. Yeah, Shelton Benjamin gets released. What I mean, the guy's had a hell of a career. He's 48 now. Is Shelton Benjamin done? Still, still have something in the tank? You think he's going to show up somewhere, Zach? Uh, I don't know that he'd show up on EW, but I mean, if he still wants to, to wrestle, like he could show up on Impact or something like that. And, um, you know, he can get bookings and stuff. What do you think? Do you think we see Dolph Ziggler in AEW? I mean, now that you said it, I guess uh, that does make sense. Uh, I was just thinking that I, I don't see Tony showing out big money for him. I imagine he'd probably be taking a pay cut uh, to go. Um, that's all I was thinking. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see Elias got, again. No, he he's just not like he has some charisma and stuff, but he just he was never good in the ring ever. Rest in peace. Rest in piss, Elias. He also, uh, and <laughs> Rick Bugs is always funny. Liked him. Um, so, I do want to say this about Dolph Ziggler that if Dolph Ziggler has gone from WWE, that his cash in on the night after WrestleMania, on Raw, the night after WrestleMania, remains the like the biggest pop I've ever seen. Second best ever. The second best ever next to Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? Thank yeah, you. those are the two best cash-ins. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. Um, But that pop, I, I remember I was watching it live. That's like at the peak of the Raw after WrestleMania. Like when Raw after WrestleMania really like had surprises. There was like five years where it was really good. And now it's just living off reputation. Like now it just kind of sucks. Um. But I remember when Dolph Ziggler cashed in, and that place went fucking bananas. And uh, really fun. I love Dolph Ziggler, and I'm excited to see what he do. Uh, you really got to be a great wrestler to get over with the name Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the worst names of all time. <laughs> Is it short for Adolph? That's why I always want to know. Is it Adolf or Rudolph? What's we, his name? Here we go. Here we go. I want to know what his name is. I'm saying Adolf. Anyway, uh, good luck to anybody. Anything else you want to say about those cuts, Zach? 
No, not especially. That's going to do it for our three count. So, Zach, did you watch NXT this week? I did. Did you happen to see Tyler Bate versus Butch? Oh, I did. What do you think uh, of it? Just just as good as I thought it would be. Of course, they don't have the amount of time that they have had in the past, like whenever they did the big uh, NXT UK final and um, some other memorable matches that they've had. But, uh, man, this was just damn good. Um, I really... Just love both those guys. They're so talented. You can tell they've been wrestling together forever. Really fun match. They traded finishers, which I had a lot of fun with. And yeah, this was great. Uh, the right guy went over. So uh, later on in NXT, we had Duke Hudson versus Joe Coffey. Duke Hudson goes over, which causes a three way tie at the top of Group B for the Heritage Cup tournament number one contender so then we had a three-way match that night which was duke hudson nathan fraser and joe coffee joe coffee goes over so we're gonna have joe coffee versus pete dunn our butch joe coffee versus pete dunn did headline i think like the second nxt uk takeover that they had maybe the first one but anyway these guys can go they know each other really well who do you think wins that to become the number one contender for noam dar i think it's butch yeah i think it's butch too i think that's i think you get that thing I over expect joe coffee to be in there but i mean look fine with you i think when it when it came down to those three guys i was like yeah it's gonna be joe coffee um i didn't see duke hudson winning it at all but uh, fun match, and Butch versus Joe Coffee is going to be fun. I recommend watching it. Mustafa Ali comes out, cuts a big promo on Dom, and then gets fired a couple days later. So, <laughs> R.I.P. Ali. <laughs> Becky Lynch, this fight's uh, Keanu James and Tiffany Stratton. Lyra Valkyra, I got to admit, Zach, I watch NXT every week, and I missed when Lyra Valkyra came in, and then I looked at the TV, and I was like, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> Did you have that same yeah, feeling? Um, I have that occasionally on NXT because I, I only watch sporadically, but I've watched the past, like, three weeks. Ever since I've been doing this tournament, I've actually had the time to catch it. Uh, it's good. NXT is good. There's lots of good wrestling on. Like, so much fucking a, wrestling on. And it's such a... NXT is just really... It's nice because it, it's a variety show, and it's just a fun... It's just a fun show. Like, you know, we get five hours of main roster WWE, which it has, like, different colors and different people, but it's the same stuff, right? And we have five hours of AEW, which it has, like, some different people. And, you know, there's, like, tiers to the show. But it's the same stuff. It's its own thing. It's very different from those. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air. It's pretty low stakes. Yes. That's what I like about it. I like the low stakesness. And then uh, next week we have, hold on. This is banned from On Sunday, we have Will Ospreay versus Yoda Suji for the uh, and, and 
NJPW US title. That sounds like a banger. Uh, I, I I think that Will Ospreay has gone to AEW. I think that after Wrestle Kingdom, when his shit runs out, that he will not be in New Japan anymore. However, I don't think that he is going to lose to Yosuji right here. He will probably lose the U.S. title at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, what do you think about that, Zach? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, that's a pretty important big belt for to be winning right now. I just don't see it. That really is the number two title in New Japan. Oh, so you think it? Belt doesn't exist. You think it's above? You think Suji's not ready for it? I don't think that he's not ready in particular. It's just that they don't usually catapult people like that. All right, uh, but that'll be a match to watch because it's guaranteed going to be pretty entertaining. So, uh, oh, yeah. this is banned from ringside. Got some birthdays this week. Matt Hardy is 49. Kyrie Sane is 35. Angel Garza is 31. Stephanie McMahon is 47. Sonia Deville is 30. Asuka is 42. And Buddy Matthews is 35. We didn't need you, Jason. We know everybody's alive and kicking. They're having a great hey. Thursday night. Yeah. Would would you have guessed that Matt Hardy and Stephanie McMahon were only two years apart? I mean, if you think about it intellectually, but if you just put pictures of them side by side. I don't know. It's so weird to me that Matt Hardy's only six years older than me. I figured they were Canadian. He just seems so old. He really does. I mean, he doesn't seem six years older. than He seems 20 years older than me. Yeah. He walks like he, needs, he walks like he has a walker in front of him, but he's not using it. <laughs> for everybody in my house, for advice, for Tinder Hall, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Patriot Pet, for Loser Chris, for my whole family, uh, for Two Beers, Zach Pullman, for Jason Cornelius Bell, I'm Bill Vegan, and everybody boo the heels! Boo!